Welcome to the weekly Beach Church Message Podcast. This week was Senior Sunday. We celebrated our graduating high school seniors, and we looked at how our mission to reach, raise up, and release followers of Jesus who changed the world is played out in our next-gen ministries. As we continue to follow our mission and our vision to multiply over these next five years, one of the ways that Beach Church is doing that intentionally is by multiplying leaders. And the Global Leadership Summit coming up August 4th and 5th is a great opportunity for you to be raised up as a leader, but also to pour into and invest into someone else to raise their leadership. So we want to encourage you, be a part of the Global Leadership Summit. You can go to todayatbeach.com to find out more about that. For now, let's jump into this week's message. Hello. There we are. Hey, Beach, how we doing? We good? Awesome. I'm Ryan. I'm the student pastor here at Beach. And uh, whether you're in person, online, we're so thankful that you joined us for a uh, very special Sunday. We call it Senior Sunday. We're going to be recognizing the class of 2022 today. Some students that have been coming up through Beach Kids, through Beach Students over the past um, anywhere from two, three to 10, 15, 20 years, maybe not 20, or else high school didn't go so well, but uh, maybe 17 or or 18 years. Uh, And so we're thankful that you guys are a part of that. Seniors, I'm going to talk to you all at the end of this sermon directly to you, but the rest of this sermon uh, is really for all of us, because as we have a day of releasing students into the next stage of their life, I want us to look again at our mission statement as a church. And it's something that you hear every single week. Anytime Pastor Kerry or um, Emmanuel gets up here and they, and they share uh, during the host segment, they, they share our mission statement. And uh, it's one of those things that you just, you, if you've been around, you know it and you don't even know you know it. It's like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. You're just like, I don't even eat at McDonald's. I just like, I hear it and I just know it. And, and, um, and, and it's kind of one of those things. And so you've been around a while, you know our mission statement. It is this, we exist or be church exists to reach, raise up, and release followers of Jesus who change the world. We're going to get real cult-like here. We're going to read it together because I want you guys to say it uh, out loud. So one, two, three. Beach Church exists to reach, raise up, and release followers of Jesus who change the world. So I want to, as we talk about a day of release, I want to focus on really the last two parts of that. Raise up and release. Everybody say raise up. Say release. They go hand in hand. We really, we really can't separate the two. If we're going to talk about release, we need to talk about raising up. Because you can't truly release someone unless they have been raised up. You can't truly release someone unless they've been raised up, unless they've been prepared Um, I've got two daughters, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and uh, they have four loving grandparents who they are lucky enough to live in the same city as, and um, so they spend a lot of time with their grandparents, and uh, they, like most grandparents, buy them a lot of stuff, um, buy them a lot of clothes, buy them a lot of toys, all that kind of stuff, and um, and so if my kids are ever brats, it's my my parents' fault and Karen's parents' fault, and um, and because we don't give them anything. But anyway, like they, they send them home with stuff all the time. And, um, and I'm kind of like a neat freak and, and we, we like to have a, a place for everything in the house. And I, I organize the garage like once every 15 days just to make sure everything's in its proper place. Um, and so when they come home with stuff, it kind of stresses me out. I'm like, okay, like any of y'all young parents, y'all probably know about this. They come home with like a toy and it's like, 
all right, um, just th- throw it somewhere, and they come home with like some outfit or whatever, and, and they come home with stuff, and, and a lot of times, it, it's, it's great, it's stuff they need, but a lot of times I'm like, ah, okay, um, and I kind of try to give it away without my, my daughter, who's freaking, she remembers everything, like everything. She, she notices everything that's missing. She's like, what happened to that one toy that I got three years ago at a, at a fast food restaurant? And I'm like, that's, you're like the freaking rain man. Like, come on, like, you know everything that I get rid of. So we have to like hide stuff in the trash and like, it's crazy. Anyway, um, so, uh, so a few weeks ago, they came home with something different. It wasn't an article of clothing. It wasn't a, um, a toy. It was actually a living organism. Um, and thank God it wasn't a pet because those would have been returned to wherever they came from very quickly. But they were, they were insects, um, which y'all are like, that's even worse. Well, we don't keep them forever. But they were little caterpillars and they were a butterfly kit. And apparently you can mail living things. Um, so we got in, we got, my parents got in the mail, these little these little containers, and it kind of brought me back to like elementary school because they're like in the little container and they're tiny and there's five in each of them and there's like the peanut butter stuff at the bottom. I don't know what it is, but it's the, the crap that they eat for the, the next few weeks. And, and over 10 uh, days, they like tripled in size. And so like at first I was kind of like, ah, oh, just another thing that's gonna, you know, take up space. We got insects living in the house. We, we pay to not have insects living in the house and now we're bringing them into, the, we're paying to bring them into the house. Um, and, but then I got kind of attached and like I'd get out of the car and I wouldn't even get my kids out of the car I'd like run into Sinclair's room and be like oh have they hatched yet are they are they in their cocoons I was I was kind of into it um and so like we would we watched them grow and we watched them grow in size and they got up on the little roof and they get in their little cocoons and um and then we waited every day we're coming home and every morning I'm waking up we're like oh did they hatch yet and one by one they they, they started hatching and coming out of their cocoon and um and then uh, on Easter Sunday, because we're Christians and everything has to relate to, you know, resurrection and coming out of the grave. So they came out of the cocoons and we released them uh, the, the day after Easter uh, in honor of Jesus because I'm a pastor. And so we, we took them out to this area with, um, with, with flowers and everything and, and we released them out. And I think we have a picture of, of Sinclair. Like they, they like they like landed on us like they knew us. They were like our first pets, the only pets my kids will ever have. These nine butterflies, one of them didn't make it rest in peace, but the other nine uh, uh, flew out and they're and they're going on to flowers and we're just watching them and they're landing on our fingers. It was so magical, um, and I was like, "Thank goodness!" Like my my parents got us this gift. That at first, at first, I was I was scoffing it, and then um, really became a big deal. And then I see this one, and we were kind of by this like man made man made lake, and this one just flies over the water. I was like, "That's so beautiful. That's awesome." And then this large mouth bass jumped up. I'm just kidding. That, that didn't happen. Um, anyway, so, uh, so they all fly out and, um, and, uh, and we release them. And, and I kind of was thinking about them as I was thinking about raise up and release. Because when you release something too soon, when you release something too soon, it often fails or it doesn't survive. We, we've got to make sure we raise things up before we release them. That's why we don't take four-year-olds and just send them off to college because that wouldn't, wouldn't go well. Um, we, we, we don't just, uh, I, I didn't take the little caterpillars and just let them loose because like one day I was sitting out on the porch and, um, and I had them in like their little container, giving them, you know, some outside time, having some, some, some daddy child time. Um, and lizards, it's like there was an all call uh, among Jacksonville Beach for like lizards. And they're all just running around and they're trying to eat these, these, these precious little insects. And like if we had just released them when they were not butterflies, when they could not fly yet, they would have been eaten alive in 20 seconds. It would have been very, very bad. But we raised them up and then released them when it was time. 
The point is, you can't truly release someone. You can't truly and healthily release someone until they have been raised up. So I wanna focus on the raise up. We're not gonna have much scripture today, but I do wanna start in Matthew chapter four, verses 18 through 20. This is Jesus calling his first disciples, his first followers. He's out walking beside the Sea of Galilee, walking along the shore of this massive body of water. There's, there's fishermen everywhere. There's boats. There's people. There's a lot of um, economic activity going on. There's a lot of people down by the water. And he sees two fishermen among many, among many. He sees two brothers, Simon, who was also called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. He gives this famous call, come, follow me, which, which they understood. He wasn't talking about just follow me for the rest of the day, follow me to the gas station. He was, he was giving them an invitation to follow him as his disciples, as his followers, to leave their lives and change their lives for the call of Jesus. And then he says, I will send you out to fish for people. Maybe the way you grew up hearing it was, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. Of men, When this document was originally written by, um, by one of Jesus' followers, Matthew, it was written in the Greek language, and, and the word for I will make is a Greek word, poeo, poeo, and it means to make ready, to prepare. Essentially what he is doing is he's saying, I'm going to prepare you to do something. I'm going to prepare you to not just catch animals for, for meals or for money. I'm going to prepare you to change people's lives, to change people's eternities, to change your communities, eventually to change the world. And for the next three years, he took 12 guys and he raised them up. He ate with them. He walked with them. He traveled with them. He taught them. He gave them opportunities to, to heal. He healed in front of them. He showed them how it worked. He, he prayed over people. He showed them and gave them opportunities to pray. He called them to go and feed the 5,000. He called them to, to, to take action on what he taught them. And at the end of three years, once they were raised up, once they were prepared, once they had been made ready, he released them. He released them. And what started as about 100 followers of Jesus became a movement that 2,000 years later has billions of followers. And you may, you may not be into God or church and all that kind of stuff. Here's one thing that no one can deny. Maybe the greatest evidence for the life of Jesus ever in the history of the world. It's the fact that some little cult in the middle of nowhere in the first century with 20 followers, 30 followers, 100 followers became a worldwide movement and lasted for two millennia and crossed oceans and crossed borders and crossed nations. You got a lot to really argue against when you say, I don't believe in the whole Jesus thing because it's just impossible that it happened. It's just impossible that it happened unless, unless perhaps it was actually a move of God. And that movement only took place because Jesus raised some guys up and raised some followers up and then released them once they were ready. I mean, think about it. Jesus only impacted one tiny little nation for three years in a few communities and cities. The disciples, the followers of Jesus did the rest. They took that call. They took the power of the Holy Spirit and they went and they made disciples of the world. The church, 
the church, and I'm not talking about beach church, I'm talking about the church worldwide. The church will only thrive if, everybody say if, if it's people pour into the next generation. The church will only thrive if it's people pour into the next generation. Now, I need you to lean in for this next part. I'm gonna actually ask you to lean in. Get to the edge of your seat. Come on, I'm watching you. If you're asleep, wake up. If you're looking at your phone, lean in. Come on, y'all. Y'all can't, come on, lean in. Seniors, lean in, lean in. Guys, y'all see how they listen? They're still in school. Y'all adults, y'all forgot how to listen. Lean in. Let me see your shoulders move forward. Some of the grumpy dads are like, yeah, I haven't been listening. What's going on? What time is it? Are we done yet? All right, lean in, lean in. Let me tell you a very important secret. The job of raising up the next generation is not the pastor's job. It's not Pastor Jerry's job. It's not Pastor Carrie's job. It's not my job. It's not Courtney's job. It's not a missionary's job. It's not a, a biblical scholar's job. It is the church's job. You can, you can sit back in your seats. Relax. All right. It is the church's job. You know what the church is? All followers of Jesus. All followers of Jesus have a mandate to raise up the next generation, to raise up the people that are coming up behind us in the faith and how to follow after Jesus. Andy Stanley, you've probably heard this before if you've been around for a while. Andy Stanley says this, the greatest accomplishment that you ever have, your greatest accomplishment may not be something you do, a mission trip you go on, a gift you give, a, a service project you, you work on. It may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And we live in a world where um, people love to criticize the next generation. You know, oh, they're just so lazy. No work ethic anymore in these kids, right? I mean, they're always on the, the, the inst- what's it called, the Instagram. And, and you know, I don't know what happens, but once we like, or 30 or 35, like we just look back at, at teenagers and we're like, ah, oh, I can't believe the next generation. It's always, it's always something. And it's not something that just started now. Like people have been saying it for thousands of years. Like, ah, oh, you know, the world's never gonna last this, when this generation grows up. And, um, and, and we kind of like look and scoff at the next generation. Oh, well, they're just so, they're, they're just so they, they don't understand the world and, 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 and they're just so stuck in their phones and they don't have any, they, 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 don't, wanna, they don't wanna make things happen. And, and what's gonna happen to the world when they're all the grownups and all that kind of stuff? People said the same thing about you when you were growing up. People said the same thing about your grandparents when they were growing up and, and, and so on and so on and so on. But there's something about us that when we get older, we look back and we like to criticize. Here, here's my, my, my push, my challenge to you. Instead of criticizing the next generation, raise them up. Instead of criticizing the, the, the next generation, raise them up. In fact, if you have a lot of criticism, you should be the first person in line because you apparently think there's a problem with them. And if there's a problem and you see it and no one else sees it, guess what? You need to do something about it. But a lot of times in our world, we love to just sit back and criticize. We love to get on our little computers and get on Facebook and get on Instagram and, and just type away in our, in our all caps and, and make some critiques of society instead of actually doing something. And so rather than criticizing the next generation, we should begin to raise them up, to pour into them. These seniors that, that, are, that are up here in the, uh, in the front right corner of this room, they have been raised up for the past seven years by life group leaders in this ministry. Christian and Jacob, um, they actually started leading their boys, some of their boys, when they were in middle school. I'm talk, talking about Christian and Jacob were in middle school, and these boys were first graders, kindergartners. They've been raising them actually for like 10 or 12 years. And they've been their life group leaders since their sixth grade year. 
They, they finished high school, and I, I still remember that, that, that Christian came up to me. We were outside the chapel over there, and, uh, and he came up to me a few weeks before he was supposed to go to Orlando for college, and he told me, I'm not going to Orlando. And I was like, well, what happened? Like, did, did something happen with college? Did something fall through? He said, I just, I just feel like I'm called to be a life group leader, and I'm called to stay here. Like, like I want you to think about that. And he's not the only one. So many life group leaders have changed the direction of their life for the next generation. They changed their colleges. They, they examined the, their relationships. I, I've had life group leaders that turned down jobs and turned down opportunities to move in order to pour into the next generation. Jenny Bell's been a life group, I'm sorry, I always say Bell. Jenny Shellhorn's been, been a life group leader since her girls were in sixth grade. Lizzie was a, was a former student who jumped in as a college student to be a life group leader since seventh grade year. And then their group got so large that they multiplied to two groups and they brought on two new leaders in ninth grade that have been there ever since. Our six life group leaders that are sitting in here today represent 35 years of investing in the next generation at Beach Church. 35 years, three and a half decades of pouring in to the next generation. And they have a huge commitment. I mean, a huge commitment. They, they show up twice a week, every week, year after year after year, through the middle school years. I mean, sixth graders. It's a calling. It's a calling. I know they're all, you know, they're all cool and got their stuff together and like, oh, I'm going to Florida State or I'm going to Florida and I'm going to UCF. But they, I mean, they were all sixth graders. I, we were all sixth graders, right, at some point. And it, it's a mess, and we need people to pour into our sixth graders, our seventh graders, our eighth graders. Our life group leaders have gone on trips, mission trips, spent money out of their own pocket to take our kids to camp, to Jamaica, to Albany, local mission trips. They've given up so much of their life, some of them working two jobs, some of them going to, to school and working a job and being a life group leader. It's, it's incredible. Nikki has been leading college girls as well as her high school girls and pouring into the girls that are pouring into the other girls. It's, it's incredible. They have done so much, but it's not just them. There's 38 other, or there's 38 life group leaders just within our student ministry who pour into our students every single week. But it's not just beach students. It's beach kids. Upstairs, right now, probably, Robert's up there, Robert Loverin. And he, like, he, he's, he's a volunteer, but he could basically be the Beach Kids pastor. He's incredible. I was up there on Easter weekend last month, and I, 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 don't, I don't spend a lot of time in Beach Kids. Not, not really my deal, but um, every once in a while, I'll go, I'll go help. And, um, and I was, I was kind of watching what was going on. And he just, he just, he has it all taken care of. Like this guy, a volunteer. He, he looked at the way his child was raised up through Beach Kids, and him and his wife and his child, once she was in middle school, they turned around and they said, we're gonna pour back into the Beach Kids of the future, the next generation. And he was a life group leader, and now he's a coach. And like, basically, like, even if our staff wasn't here on a Sunday morning, he can run the whole show. He knows what's going on in every room. He's pouring into life group leaders. He's pouring into students. He does it all, and it's incredible. And he is not a professional, and he's not working here. He is a volunteer who's looked back at the last generation or the next generation and he says, I want to raise them up. My daughter, my, my four-year-old, goes to Beach Kids every week. She's got three amazing leaders, but one of them like comes and picks her up 
and takes her on like day dates and takes her out to lunch and like spends extra time with her investing in her. And that makes me and Karen so thankful and grateful. And by the way, that leader who I'm talking about also leads a 10th grade life group in Beach Kids or Beach Students. Like she does so much. She's taking these, these years in her, her early to mid 20s and she is pouring them in to the next generation. My mom, my mom, Miss Denise, she is, she is uh, retiring, I guess, if you want to say that, from, from beach students as of today. And she has been leading in beach students with worship for most of the past 20 years. Most of the past 20 years. And she doesn't just raise up singers. Like you saw them up here. They aren't singers. They are worship leaders. And she has been doing it for years, years. And she raises up these, 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 these guys and girls to lead worship. We've got middle schoolers who stand on stage and pray. Like I w- Most of us didn't even know how to pray when we were in sixth grade, much less pray in front of a whole room of our peers and kids that are older than us. And they pray and they lead songs and they speak in between songs. And they don't just stand up there like, oh, like I'm so scared, I'm so nervous. They are just worshiping and doing whatever they would do out in the crowd on stage. It's incredible. And she's raised up instrumentalists and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it is changing the next generation. It has changed our student ministry. The, the, the growth of our band over the past six years is incredible. And now she's so into raising people up that she raised up Rachel to take her place. She didn't just say, hey, I'm leaving, y'all figure it out. She raised up someone before she even left to take her place. That's raising up. That's the call of the church. Not of pastors, not of professionals, but of you and me. We are called to raise up the next generation. We've been talking about our multiply vision a lot over the past few, um, few months. And, uh, and, and, and there's a few different aspects to the multiply vision. But if you're just wondering, what does multiply have to do with me? What does multiply have to do with each person sitting in this room? Whether you're a student, teenager, young adult, or up through, you know, your 80s, your 90s. What does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with me? Here's the question you've got to ask yourself. Who am I pouring into? Who am I pouring into? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says this. This is Paul writing to someone he was pouring into, Timothy. He said, that you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things, listen to this, the things you have heard me say, Paul says, in the presence of many witnesses, I want you, Timothy, to entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Some people call this like four-generation multiplication or four-generation discipleship or raising people up. And you're raising up one who will raise up more and more and more. This is how the church still exists today. Not because Jesus launched a freaking sick Instagram page. Not because he was like, hey, guys, I got the, I got the, we are going to make, do the best TikTok dances. And the Roman Empire is going to be conquered by our coolness. No. The Roman Empire is going to be conquered by my amazing podcast and my amazing sermons. No. The Roman Empire, within 300 years, was taken over in a peaceful coup because of influence. Because a whole bunch of people raised up a whole bunch of more people, and they raised up a whole bunch of more people, and generation after generation grew and multiplied. Not one church, but the church, all over the eastern and western Mediterranean, into Africa, into Asia, and eventually across oceans. It happened because people raised up. And so ask yourself, who am I pouring into? 
Who am I pouring into? Think about it. Who are you pouring into? If you don't have an answer, get one. It's as simple as that. Get an answer. Figure out someone that you are going to pour into. Because listen, I know I've been talking about next gen, but it doesn't have to be a zero to 18 year old. Listen, my seniors, not you guys, my wise seniors, my senior citizens, you know who knows more about life than you? Nobody. Because you've been around for 70 or 80 years. You should be pouring into the next generation. And the next generation may not be a 12-year-old. It might be a 35-year-old mom who doesn't know what she's doing and you've raised five kids. It might be a, a, a husband who just got married and he's not sure how to be a, a, a husband to his wife. And we got some men in this church that could raise up a 28-year-old man to be the husband that God made him to be. We've got to have people that pour into the next generation that look around and they say, who's just a few feet behind me? Who's 10 years younger than me? Who, who's it behind me in a stage of life? Who's behind me in their relationship with God? Is it an, an employee? Is it a, a friend? Is it a neighbor? Is it a nephew? We've all got people we've got influence over. We've all got people in our lives that we can raise up. Because that's what we're called to do. When I was in high school, middle school, I had four guys specifically that, that really, I mean, I had a ton of people. I was so lucky and blessed. But like I had four people that really poured into me. One guy named Brian, we called him Big B in middle school. He played basketball with me and took me to lunch. One guy named Greg, we called him Big G. He was a plumber. He didn't know anything about the Bible, but he knew what Jesus had done in his life. And he sat there and he just bawled his eyes out telling us how bad his life had been before Jesus. And he changed a group of high schoolers' lives. I had a guy, he's right here, Chuck. Chuck played basketball with us on, on some Monday nights over at Fletcher Middle. He created this whole league. And, and like he took his years as a bachelor and didn't say, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do for me. He poured into the next generation of leaders. Pastor Joby became my, my student pastor when I was a senior, and he poured into me, and he taught me uh, and challenged me in my faith for the coming years into, into my college years. And, and he, he, like, he was the first person that like, his sermons like, stuck on me, and, like, I, like, and they challenged me, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's what it means to follow after Jesus. And those four guys, poured into me in such an amazing way. So when I finished college, I said, I've got to keep doing it. I've got to pour into the next generation. So I became a life group leader. I was single. I had no prospects. I had no prospects for job. I had no money. My life was a wreck. I, I lived with my parents when I was 25 years old. And I was just like, there's nothing good in my life, but there was one good thing in my life. Those boys that I was raising up, those 10th, 11th, and 12th grade boys that I raised up over the course of three years. And I put everything I had into them. Why? Because someone else had poured into me. Because I was just continuing, multiplying what someone else had placed in my life. I wanted to be like Chuck and Joby and Greg and Brian in somebody else's life. And I raised up some boys. And it wasn't all me. I had, I had a co-leader named Tim. And we were just a small part of the story. But we raised up some boys. I think four, four of them, maybe five of them over the years have become life group leaders in this student ministry. One of them, one of the drummers that's always up there, Dan, he was one of the best life group leaders we've ever had. Incredible. He raised up his kids from sixth through 12th grade. And some of his boys now, I mean, this first Timothy verse talks about four generations. We got the people that poured into me. I poured, they poured, they're first generation. I'm the second one. I poured into to Dan. He poured into uh, some, some students in his group. Two of his boys, Rim and Zach, are now pouring into to seventh grade boys. Um, and, and another one of them is pouring into kids at, at college in Athens. And I've got another guy in my life group who is a full-time missionary in Iraq. 
for the rest of his life with his wife and his son. And I, I could not be more proud of him. And I just take a small, 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 small piece of credit for him. But all I did was just pour into the people who God put in front of me. So what about you? Who are you going to pour into? Again, maybe it's a young mom, maybe it's someone you know, but for some of you, I believe that God's calling you to serve in beach kids and beach students. And today, out in the lobby, Stacy's gonna be out there in the back, in the back corner of the lobby. And some of you, your response is, you need to go talk to her about serving in beach kids because you have an opportunity. It's not a need, it's an opportunity to pour into the next generation. And I've got a few opportunities for life group leaders in next fall. And it is a huge commitment. This is not, this is not for like, oh, you know, I'm gonna come hang out with them every once in a while. Like multiple times a week, three-year commitment. It's a big commitment. But if you feel called to it, you need to do it. Come talk to me right after this. And listen, you're not gonna come up here and I'm gonna be like, okay, you got the sixth graders. Listen, I don't just put anybody with our students. And so there's gonna be a little bit of a process. You're just coming and taking the first step. Introducing yourself. I'll show you where you can apply. We'll have a conversation. I'll buy you coffee and we'll talk about students. But there are some people in this room that need to get off their bums and do something about the next generation. And I know, I know, you know, since, since COVID, like a lot of people are like, well, you know, it's kind of taken a while to get back into worshiping, whether it's online or in person. But we need some people who aren't just gonna worship online or in person, but are going to serve the next generation are going to begin pouring into some people that were, that were serving like crazy before and then you've kind of just gotten a little complacent. We need some people to step up. And I don't know who it is. I don't know who the Holy Spirit's talking to right now. But I believe there's some people that at the end of this service need to go out to the lobby, talk to Stacy. There's some people that need to come up to the front, talk to me. And then there's some people that just need to, the, the person's on your mind. The person's on your mind. And you need to pour into that person. Text them, say, hey, I wanna meet up with you. And you don't even have to tell them what you're doing. Just do it. Start raising up the next generation behind you. Seniors, I've got 40 seconds. It's gonna be quick. You ready? Four things, and I'll give them to you next service too. So don't worry if you don't write them down, that's all right. One, spend time with God and find a church community when you go to college. You're gonna be lonely, all of you. You're like, oh, I'm gonna be in a fraternity. I won't be lonely. Yes, you're gonna be lonely. And don't find or fix your loneliness at the bottom of a bottle. Fix it by getting in God's community, in a church community. And I will help you find a church. And if you're in town, guess what? You already got a church. So find a church community and find a place to spend time with God. Second thing is this, don't settle for selfishness. Don't settle for selfishness. Everybody's selfish in college. That's easy. But you can pour into the next generation wherever you go and you guys are equipped to do it. You're far more equipped than I was as a senior and I did it. So you guys can pour into the next generation wherever you go. The third thing is this, I've heard, I've told you this a million times, direction, not intention determines destination. Direction, not intention determines destination. Listen, you can intend to do a whole bunch of things over the next four years. I intend to be closer to God. I intend to go to church. I intend to get good grades. I intend to find a mentor. I intend to find a life group. Listen, unless you do it, you won't do it. You've got to actually take steps in that direction because the next four years are going to change and set the course for the rest of your adult life. I'm not being overdramatic here. It will. 18 to 22 will change your 20s and your 30s and it will change the way you go into marriage and families and careers. It matters. Direction, not intention, determines destination. And last but not least, you are always welcome home. Most importantly, you're welcome home with God. 
but you are always welcome home at Beach Church with Beach students. You have life group leaders who are not gonna forget your name in three months. They still know you, call them. I still know you and love you, call me. Come back to church when you're here. Come back when, when you need help, when you need something. You are always welcome home. Let me pray for all of us as we figure out what, what the Holy Spirit's got for us in this message. Holy, Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. I pray that the people in this room that even got a little bit, you know, oh, why, is he, why is he yelling at us? I, I, I do plenty for God's kingdom. Whatever, whatever that pushback is, Lord, I pray that you would lower, lower our walls, that you would put the person on our mind who we need to raise up. Who is it? Who's the single mom? Who's the young neighbor? Who's the nephew? Who's the grandchild? Who's the kid in Beach Kids or Beach Students that you're calling each of us to raise up? Lord, I pray we would be a church that doesn't just stop raising up at 18, but that we raise up each other throughout our entire lives. That we would be a church that multiplies, not to grow Beach Church, but to grow your kingdom. Lord, we ask this in your mighty name. Guide us, challenge us, convict us, and show us what to do. Help us take steps. In your name we pray.
Hey, y'all grab a seat real quick. We're going to honor our seniors. Don't be, don't be that person who walks out when the seniors are getting honored. They, they, they worked 18 years for this. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna honor them, and, uh, and then we're going to pray over them as a church. And so uh, we're going to start with it. Jacob, take it away. Maggie Awad. Brad Benwick. Jack Boyd. Riley Chunko. Cameron Cook. Chrissy Dominguez. Taylor Galefoyle. Hayden Jicalone. Sarah Grace Harpster. Presley Harrell. Preston Leinberger. 
Holly Lofton. Peyton Mabry. Angelina Moderna. Ansley Mercer. Ava Wynn. Austin Regan. Josie Rosengall. Christian Schaefer. Allison Shearer. Brooke Shearer. Macy Slobicki. Luke Smith. Brady Stone. Kara Taylor. Laney Trudnack. Jennifer Thames. Cammie Winter. Larry Zumwalt. Give it up for the class of 2022. Y'all come around. If any of you um, are close to family, friends of any of these students, you can feel free to come up, lay hands on them. Everybody else, uh, you can just reach a hand out from your seat. We're going to pray over them. We're going to commission them as they go to another uh, phase of life. So families, friends, whoever, get up here. Put your hands on their shoulders, pray over them, and I will uh, lead a prayer, but everybody else, just put your hands out if you would like to pray over these seniors as they go to the next stage of life. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what has happened in the lives of each of these students, students that have given their lives to you, students who have been baptized, students who have served, students who have led, students who have changed the lives and eternities of the, the middle schoolers and elementary schoolers that are coming up behind them students that have gone on mission trips, students that have led and beach kids. Lord, we know that they've done so much and we honor that, but we pray and commission them into the coming years. Life does not end at 18 or 19. Life is just beginning. Lord, I pray as they go to college campuses, jobs, careers, in a few years when they're, when they're meeting people that they're gonna get married to and having kids and what all, whatever's coming up for them, Lord, that you would give them the ability the empowerment to do it in a way that honors you.
that you would show them places they can serve, that you would help them get plugged in to, to churches in the, in the cities they're going to, if they're staying in town, that they would be plugged in as adults in Beach Church. Lord, we pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would go before them, that they would never forget that you love them, that you're for them, that you have a plan for their life, that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you love them no matter what. Lord, I pray they'd remember the moment, this moment, and not forget that they're always welcome home in your kingdom, in your church, and in your arms. Lord, we pray over them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's podcast. We'd love to connect with you and hear from you on how this week's podcast impacted you. You can always connect with us through our app, Beach Church Jacks, which is found on the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. And you can always go to our website, beachchurchjacks.com. Have a great day.